direct your attention to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, amen, verse number 16, amen, 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 and verse number 16, amen, we're going to move through this tonight, amen, we hope that this word will minister to you, will bless you, will strengthen you and help you today, amen. So let's all stand together, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 16, it says, know ye not that ye, someone say me, we, it's all right to, ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Someone say me. Me, you, us. If you got the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God is in you. Amen. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. I'm believing that the Lord is going to help us tonight. Uh, let's pray one more time. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the word of the Lord today that we have in our hands, in our holding tonight God we pray you would speak to us through your word I pray God you would deposit some things into our spirit into our understanding help us to move forward with understanding God with wisdom God fully equipped with the word of the Lord in our lives I pray God that you would speak to every heart and every mind here tonight and those listening at home Lord we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Uh, a question, what is a temple? What is a temple? When we say the word temple, we are not referring to the temple on the sides of your head. Yeah. We are not referring to your temples. Whereby some kung fu fighters have figured out how to knock a person out by hitting an opponent in the temples. When we talk about temple and we read about temples in the Bible, we are referring to places that have been dedicated to the service and or worship of God. A place, an object, a thing that has been dedicated to the service and worship of God. And wherever such a location is found, there always is included stipulations concerning its use and how 
it is to be treated. For example, we say if you're male and you come to church, don't have a hat on. It dishonors the place that you're walking in. Many of us, when we first came to the Lord, and maybe some still do, we watched our language when we stepped into the house of the Lord. We were careful the type of clothing that we put on when we came to the house of the Lord. Because it was a place designated, a holy place designated for the worship of the one true and living God. But essentially a temple can be any place or object in which God dwells. And there is always outward and inward modifications or ramifications of being in the temple. Be it near the temple or be in the temple of God. For example, in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 5, when Moses came near the burning bush, the voice of the Lord cried out from the burning bush and said, Put off thy shoes, for the place whereon you are standing is holy ground. More formally, the tabernacle in the wilderness was the first edifice that was a dwelling place of God. Perhaps you remember the study of the tabernacle in the wilderness. And that was the point on earth where man could encounter the invisible and the universal God. And as history would continue to unfold, there became uh, on, there came onto the scene a more permanent temple of Solomon than of Zerubbabel, than of King Herod. And eventually with the coming of Jesus, the temple or the dwelling place of God on earth is no longer a building but the body of Jesus, according to John chapter 2, 19 through 21. In the current day in which we live, there seems to be several divergent schools of thought as it relates to church and coming to church and not going to church. Uh, I'm a firm believer that every uh, word is inspired by God and we don't do away with things that we don't like and, and we grab a hold of things that we do like, but we take the whole kit and caboodle if you will we take the whole ball of wax we take all the field we buy the whole thing and we put it together but there seems to be divergent schools of thought and i believe hebrews 10 and 25 that we are to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some is and so much the more as ye see the day approaching then there's also here in first corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16 that says that you are the temple of god These are not conflicting scriptures. This is not where I use Hebrews 10 and 25 and fight with your 1 Corinthians 3 and 16. But they are all together and in perfect unison and in harmony. So let's talk about what it means to be the temple of God. Temples are and should be treated very differently from ordinary and common buildings. This church, this building is the house of God. And it is to be used for the worship of the one true God. And it is not to be polluted or diluted by the things of this world. But it is to be a place designated for the worship of the one true God. 
Amen. And you you see that, amen, because you know, amen, if you've been attending this church for some time, that we don't rent out the sanctuary on Saturday nights for the local quinceanera. Or we don't rent it out on, on Friday nights for the local uh, disco uh, that, that would come in here with a disco ball and have a dance. We don't rent it out for things that uh, would that would pollute the presence of God in this house. But this is the place where God has chosen to put His name in this city. This is the house of God. But also on the... Uh, on, on, on the full spectrum of understanding the word of the Lord, you and you as you've been filled with the Holy Ghost have become a temple of God. And God chooses to dwell inside of mankind tonight. Yes. Not only is the building set apart, but also the furnishings of this church are set apart. The tools and the instruments in this church are used only for worship. On this beautiful uh, drum set made by Tama, amen, that uh, is, is brought to life every service by Brother Nathan. This drum set is not rented out uh, to for worldly music. This drum set has been designated by God for the sanctuary of the Lord to be used to glorify and to lift up the name of Jesus. This keyboard that's here is, is not rented out. It's not used for ungodly music. It is dedicated, amen, to lifting up the Lord. These chairs that are in this building tonight, they are not loaned out or rented out, amen, to local birthday parties that you and I might have, but they have been designated, amen, for the purpose of facilitating the Great Commission. Amen. They are designated. They are to be used only for the things of God. This pulpit will never find itself in some university classroom as some atheistic uh, professor stands behind a lectern and begins to give his lecture. But this pulpit is designated for the preaching of the Word of God. This is a holy place. This is a holy place. So this set-apartness includes being clean, being undefiled, and kept solely for the use of God and for His service. The computer that we have for the multimedia is not there so people can surf the web and look at ungodly sites when no one's around. It is designated for the ministry that has been designated by God. The camera that we air, you can look around the church and everything that's in there is designated. It has been uh, undefiled. It has been for the purpose of communicating the gospel and reaching a lost and dying world. It is kept solely for the use of God and His service. In the Old Testament, the temple instruments... You can go down the the book of Exodus and and, and all the different uh, references to the tabernacle in the wilderness. In the tabernacle, there was the Ark of the Covenant. It symbolized and it represented the presence and the power of God. 
There was the, the brazen altar and there was uh, the, the labor. Uh, there was the altar of incense and there, there was all of these different vessels of honor uh, for, the, for the purpose of worshiping the Lord. And they were designated for worshiping the Lord. And they were not to be used for purposes of defilement with sinful humanity. There was a particular scenario in the Bible that showed you and I what happens when such thing occurs in the life in this world. It is found in Daniel chapter number 5. Throughout Daniel chapter 5, we read about a man named Belshazzar, the king of Babylon. The last king of Babylon before I believe Darius the Great would assume uh, that kingdom and would, would throw overthrow it. Uh, amen. For another kingdom. I think it was a purge, the Persians and the Medes, the Medes and the Persians. Amen. But Daniel chapter 5 tells us of a story in which the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar's son named Belshazzar, had himself a, a had himself a good old-fashioned party, a hoedown, whatever you want to call it. He he had himself a time with all the people in his in his kingdom, and, and he began to celebrate, he began to get drunk on his own wine, and on his own successes, and Belshazzar, the Bible says, he's, he ordered for the instruments of gold and silver that were used only for the temple, only for the tabernacle, and he said, bring me the gold and the silver cups, bring me all the all the instruments of the temple, let's let's mock the Hebrews, let's mock the God of the Hebrews, and, and let's use them for, for sinful vibes, wicked purposes and sinful uses. The Bible says that as Belshazzar and those in his kingdom had themselves a party on one particular evening in Daniel chapter 5, the Bible says that suddenly out of nowhere a hand appeared to write upon the wall in that banquet hall that day. Amen. Would Let's go there quickly to Daniel chapter number 5. I want to show you so you don't just take my word for it, but you see it for yourself in Daniel chapter number five. Daniel chapter number five and verse number one. Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, whilst he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem. Amen. That the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem. And the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines drank in them. Listen to this. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood. And of stone, and verse number five says it like this In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loosed, and his knees began to smet, they began to smote one against another. In other words, he began to just his, his, his 
loins began to get loose and he began to get so full of fear and worry because God showed up and God said, you will not defile the temple of the Lord, my, the Lord thy God. Amen. You will not defile the things of the temple of the Lord. I'm making a point here tonight. Amen. To defile the temple of God. As we would read later in that same chapter, verse 23, amen, was to challenge God himself. To defile the temple of God was to challenge God himself. Verse 23 of Daniel 5 says, But thou but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven. To defile the temple of God. And the instruments and the vessels of the temple of God is to lift up oneself against the Lord of heaven. And they have brought the vessels of his house before thee and thou and thy lords and thy wives and thy concubines have drunk wine in them. And thou hast praised the gods of silver, gold, brass, iron, wood, stone, which see not, nor hear, nor know. And the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified. Amen. Because as long as you are, amen, glorifying flesh, glorifying the elements of this world, amen, you are not glorifying God. And as long as you are defiling the temple of God, you are challenging God Himself. Hallelujah. It is imperative that we grasp this understanding tonight. Amen. With the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the individual believers have become the temple of God. As we read in our opening scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. With the infilling of the Spirit of Christ into a person's life, that man or that woman, that boy or girl becomes the temple of God. And God says, I want to move on inside of you, Brother Noah. I want to take up residence in your heart and in your mind. And I, I want to feel your, your man. I want to feel your soul and your spirit. I want to fill your person with my spirit. My title tonight is Fleshly Temples of God. Or Temples of Flesh, rather. Temples of flesh. My title is Temples of Flesh. As I mentioned a few moments ago, amen, the, the, the seemingly uh, divergent schools of thought with Hebrews 10 and 25 and 1 Corinthians 3 and 16, they are not actually divergent, amen, but everything works hand in hand. It, it works together, amen. You don't have to disobey Hebrews 10 and 25 to obey 1 Corinthians 3 and 16. You don't have to you don't have to disobey 1 Corinthians 3 and 16 to obey Hebrews 10 and 25. Amen. They all works together. Hallelujah. You've got to be faithful to what you know, what's been revealed to you tonight. Hallelujah. Don't let the enemy steal your joy, steal your understanding, steal your fervor, steal the spirit of God that he put inside of you tonight. Hallelujah. First, as we read in first, as we read in 1 Corinthians 3 and 17. 3, 16 and 17. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. What does it mean to defile? As 1 Corinthians 3:17 describes. And secondly, how does a spirit-filled person become defiled? 
Because I understand that I'm preaching to a lot of people that already have the Holy Ghost and, and some that don't yet have the Holy Ghost. What does it mean to defile and how does a spirit-filled person become defiled? New Testament words that have been used to express defile include to make profane, common, to make unclean, to corrupt, to destroy, to ruin, to pollute, to dye with another color, or to taint. Amen. And since the whole person that we know is body, soul, and spirit is the temple of God, the whole body, the whole person, body, soul, and spirit is the temple of God. In other words, God, when He saved you, did not just want to touch your heart, but God intended for that first touch of the Spirit to, not, to begin to work in your heart and then begin to work in your spirit and then begin to work on your body and express itself outwardly. God begins an inward work, but He doesn't stop with the inward. He wants to change the outward. He wants to change the way that, uh, amen, the way that we look and the way that we talk and the way that we walk because He wants to shine through His people. And since the whole person, body, soul, and spirit is the temple of God, each definition that we read a moment ago applies to the whole person. In other words, don't profane your person, your body, or your soul, or your spirit. Don't make it unclean or don't corrupt it. Don't destroy your body. Don't ruin it. Don't pollute it with things that will destroy it. Don't dye your, your body with another color or taint it. It's inherent in these, in these scriptures is talking about changing uh, your hair, your face, the way it comes across. Amen. But it's letting the glory of God from the inside begin to shine outward and people see. Amen. Amen person, a beautiful child of God that's been transformed by the power of God. Pollution of the human spirit is expressed with attitudes. This might be a two-part lesson that we might that we'll conclude next Wednesday. But pollution of the human spirit is expressed with attitudes. For example, thankfulness is a proper biblical feature of the human spirit. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. But conversely, ingratitude or unthankfulness is a corruption of the spirit. We're talking about the temple of God. We're talking about it today. Thankfulness is proper biblical features of the human spirit. But in gratitude or unthankfulness is a pollution or a corruption of the spirit of, God, of, the spirit of Christ in a person's life. We're going to start with the inside first. That's how God starts in a person's life. The attitudes that we express, amen, we can allow certain attitudes to reign in our spirits. That are corrupting the spirit of Christ and they're polluting it and they're tainting it and they're changing the manifestation of what God wants to be in a person's life because of unthankfulness. How easy is it? But sometimes we make it so hard to simply say thank you. 
I appreciate what you just said, what you just did. I didn't expect it. I don't want to ever expect it, but thank you. Thankfulness. Worship of God can be corrupted by the act of idolatry. That is loving and worshiping other things of the world in place of or in competition with God. Worship of God. A posture of praise and worship before the Lord. Amen. Is, is that, that proper expression of the spirit and the soul of man to the creator. But a corruption of that is when you and I begin to put other things in front of the things of God. Right. Or we allow other things to compete with our dedication and our consecration to the Lord. Why is it so easy that some things just very easily cause us to miss church? Some things just very easily cause us to to forego our time of prayer and our Bible reading. Because we've stopped worshiping God. And we allow a spirit of idolatry to enter into our lives. That is polluting our, our spirit. Love is a property of the spirit. The Bible says that God is love. We know this scripture. Nearly everybody knows God is love. Love is a property of the spirit that is polluted and made unclean by hatred, by bitterness, by jealousy, by coveting. Love. When the spirit of Christ works in a person's life. Love is an automatic expression on the outward of what's happening inside. Because when you get God on the inside, that God that is love is in your heart. And it's a natural outflow to love others. But when we fail to fill our hearts and our lives with his spirit, we close ourselves off to the love of Christ. And we are made unclean because bitterness begins to step into our heart. Bitterness is a killer tonight, folks. I don't care if you have every right in the book and and the other person has been completely wrong in everything that they've done, said, looked at you, everything. You've got the high ground. Fight off bitterness with everything you've got in your heart. You can be right, amen, and go straight to hell because of bitterness. Bitterness will destroy a person. It will pollute that person's mind. It will pollute a person's spirit and heart and soul. And we can step back and say, well, I know I'm right. They wronged me. They shouldn't have said that. They shouldn't have done that. Amen. And we can allow bitterness to spring up in our hearts. And bitterness is a cancer. Bitterness is a cancer that spreads throughout our whole person. And it will pollute a person's outlook on life. It will pollute their attitude. It will defile the temple of God. Bitterness is a killer tonight. If you feel yourself, amen, beginning to feel feelings of, uh, of bitterness towards anybody or anything in life, you better find yourself a place of prayer and say, God, take away this bitterness in my heart. Help me to love them, love the way that you love them. Help me to love the, the world, the, the people around me, the way that you love them. Hanging on a cross, being crucified, 
by the world and say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. Don't let bitterness pollute your soul. Don't let it pollute your soul, your spirit. Don't let coveting or hatred. There's so much hatred in this world. And bitterness and coveting and jealousy. This is not of Christ. Truthfulness is what he desires on the inside of the person to be truthful. But we have defiled the temple when we lie. Or number two, we make something appear in a way that is not true. We say something that's not true. We say, well, I'm around the corner. And you know sure well you're, you're not even on the freeway. I'm on my way. You haven't even left your house yet. Oh, I've heard this so much. We say, yeah, I love you, Mom. And you hate your mom at that moment. We say, I forgive you. Sure, I forgive you. We say, I like your hair. And we look away. Things that are not true. We allow our spirits to be polluted with telling lies. Things that are not true. No matter how tempted it would be, be honest. Be honest. Don't allow your temple to be polluted with untruthfulness. The human soul and mind can likewise be corrupted or polluted by unclean things. Morality Sexual purity, ethics, attitude, and speech all are to be subject to the spirit within us. Our morality, our sexual purity, our ethics and the way that we conduct ourselves, our attitude and how we, we view things and we feel about things in our speech, the way that we speak, amen, all are to be subjected to the Spirit within us or the Spirit of Christ. Yes. Amen. The Spirit of Christ should reign in our bodies and in our lives, in our hearts, on the outward and on the inside. Amen. All are subject to the Spirit of Christ. Patience, purity of thought towards others, kindness, compassion, joy, peace, and goodness, and endurance. These are the correct uses of the human spirit and soul. And one's entire thought life is here included. The Spirit of Christ will help you and I with patience, with having clean minds, with having kindness. Compassion. The Bible says, prefer thy brother first. It's a scripture. I think it's in Proverbs or Psalms. Prefer thy brother first. And we don't always like that because we want 
that piece of cake with the cherry on top and the pineapple around that. We want the extra whipped cream, so we'll step in the front of the line. We want the, the best portion of, of meat that's there on the platter for our place, so we'll step in the front of the line. The Bible says prefer thy brother first. Sometimes it just looks like, go ahead. You can have the place in the front of the line. Go ahead, mister. You didn't cut me off. I'll let you in right there in front of me. Go ahead. Let me get that door for you. Let, let me help you with something. I'm hungry, but let, let, me, let, me, let me take care of my brother. Let me take care of my sister. Prefer thy brother first. When kept separate from pollution, these soul and spirit characteristics begin to shine outward with divine glory. So in other words, as we, in lieu of the things that have been mentioned up to this point in this, in this lesson tonight, when we can keep ourselves uh, apart and separate from pollution and the things that would defile a man or a woman, those things that would come through the gates of the soul, the eyes, the ears, the, the, the sense of touch and all the other different areas, as we keep ourselves unspotted and separate from the world, amen, we stay unpolluted and, and undefiled from the world. These soul and spirit characteristics begin to shine outward with a divine glory to the corrupted world around us as a witness to them that proclaims this is what life on earth looks like where the kingdom of God reigns. A person should look at your life and should over the banner over your life should say this is what it looks like when God reigns in a person's life. They should be able to see and, and view and, and hear and, and note and feel all the different ways that God has changed and transformed your life. There should be transformation in a person's life. It's a sad day when someone can come to the same church, amen, for, for 10, 15, 20 years and still be the same way that they were when they came to church the first time. I heard a message preached. Uh, just a, uh, a quick snippet, Amen, brother, brother Ted, brother uh, Nathan Cox, and I think Red Bluff preaching the message. Have you been converted? He says, Has there been a change in your life from when you first came to God? Do you still look the same? Still wear the same? Everything on the outward? Do you still talk the same? Do you still look at the same things? Do you still go to the same places? Has there been a change in your life? Have you been converted? Have you been converted? But to the person, the man, the woman, the church, the body of believers that lives unpolluted, undefiled from this world, it's a statement that says this is what life on earth looks like where the kingdom of God reigns. Just as the glory dwelt in the Old Testament tabernacle and on Jesus, so that same glory dwells on believers. The Bible says that in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle in the wilderness, that there would be a cloud of glory that would hover over the Holy of Holies. It was a Shekinah glory. It symbolized 
that God was here. He was he was over this this particular priest. The presence of God was right there. Everybody could look and say, "There's a cloud over Bishop Camarita. He's in the temple. There's a cloud. That must mean that God is with him." They saw it. They 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 could, they could see with their eyes. There was visible representation of the presence of God. When people look at a Nathan Hall or a Noah amen, do they see, amen, the presence of God? Is it visible to them? Can they look at, amen, at a Shade and can they see, amen, the presence of God is there? She's different from all the other girls. She's different. There's a cloud of glory over her life. The Old Testament, they saw it, it was visible. The ways in which the spirit or the soul can become corrupted are many. There are so many ways that you and I can be corrupted. Amen. It's easy to do. And it can appear through a variety of temptations. Such enticements, amen, can come through the influence of others in immoral, amen, uh, or unhealthy relationships. That's why my, my parents, as they raised in the Lord... Sister Felicia, they were always looking. Who are you, who are you hanging around with there, son? Yeah. What's his name? Who's his dad? Yeah. What do they do? How long are you going to be there? What are you going to be doing? What time are you going to be back? Ooh, I wouldn't get away with nothing. <laughs> uh, and it kept me. Yeah. It kept me. My friend, my, my parents let me have let me have a, a friend named Josh Hoyle. Y'all know him. He goes to our church. That friend kept me out of some bad stuff. He was a good friend in my life. I looked at Josh Hoyle, Brother Josh, and I said, I want to pray like him one day. I wish I had a same desire to read the Bible the way that he does. He kept me from some things. As another friend got into our life and said, let's, let's call Nate over. Let's go smoke some weed. No, we're not doing that. Nate, don't, don't even come over. We're not even going to call Nate. Protected me. Proper relationships will do you a lot of good. Improper ones will bring damnation to your soul. Yeah. Amen. Sister Sade, Corday, Brother Noah, there's going to be times your mom says, I don't want you hanging out with that person. You say, well, I, you don't have the right to make me stop hanging out with him. I'll do what I want. I've been there. They're looking out for you. They're looking out for you. In the end, you'll look back and say, man, thank God someone's looking out for me. Yeah. My parents, God led them to pull my brothers and I out of the public school in our high school years. At the time, I was like, man, was, you know, I got plans for high school. They put us, they put us in a, a Christian school. I can look back, and I'm thankful today, Jarmaine. I'm thankful because a lot of the people I hung out with had babies out of wedlock, drugs, gangs. Some of my friends, they started to go down a path that would have messed me up. May not have been able to recover from that. But the right relationships in life helped me. 
improper relationships, immoral or unhealthy relationships. Other temptations, I'm, com- I'm quickly coming to a close today. Other temptations can also come to the gates of the soul. That is the eyes, the ears, the touch, and the taste. The gates, the windows of the soul. Things that you look at. Things that you, you look at. It doesn't even have to be just, it's not even just television no more. It's the, it's the cell phone. It's the computer. Uh, there's, there's temptations there that you've got to make sure. You know what? I'm just going to leave that phone in the other room when I go to bed at night because the temptations are so strong. You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to give my passes to my mom or my dad or, or somebody in the church so they can check on me because, because I'm struggling on the inside. Amen. The things that I look at with my eyes. Amen. There's times mom and dad would go through our CDs. When we were kids, we had CDs, we had tapes. Y'all don't have have files now. We download stuff. We never purchase any music. I want to just stream it for free. But back in the day, we had CDs and tapes. And you can, as one preacher said, bet your boots. My mom was checking our music collection. What's this one, son? Oh, you know... It's 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 kind of got some Christian lyrics to it. The guy has a Christian background, but somebody was looking out. Touch, another gate of the soul. The Bible says it's good for a man not to touch a woman. Some things you don't need to taste. You don't need to try out alcohol. You don't need to try out weed. You don't need to try out. Drugs. You don't need to experiment in different things. Amen. You just need to, amen. You need to know that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And God wants that temple to be undefiled because, brother and sister, if you can keep that temple undefiled, there will be a free flow of the Spirit of God in your life. There will be glory that shines outward in your life. And all the world will see, amen, that God is real and that God can keep a man and a woman, a young person, from the attachments and the vices of sin in your life. There are devices, there are methods, and there are people that can convey that which pollutes. Amen. Devices, methods, and people that convey that those polluting things, those things are to be marked and avoided. Amen. You ought to do inventory in your life today and begin to look at the things that you've done, the people you're in contact with. Amen. The things you're listening to, the things you're looking at, the things you're partaking of. And you need to mark the things that cause you to be defiled. And then once you've marked them, you need to avoid them and say, by the grace of God, I will stay unspotted, undefiled from the world. This barrage of pollution is flashed before our very eyes and ears in an unbroken stream of carnal and worldly content on television, on cell phones, on computers, on printed material. This is pouring pollution from unclean sources into vessels such as you and I that must be pure and set apart for the purpose of the Lord. And do not allow, amen, the world and all of its content to pour into your person. 
to pour into your mind, to pour into your heart, to pour into your home, and defile your temple. Hallelujah. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I refuse to be defiled by attitudes and worldly thinking and all of the different content of this world. I'm going to keep myself unspotted from the world and faithful to my God. Because my body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Those of you that are up in years, you don't need to be taking trips down memory lane. Listen to, man, that song really got me when I was young. I really like that jam. You don't need to be taking trips down memory lane looking through old photo albums, past boyfriends and girlfriends or whatever. Say, man, you need to throw that away. You need to say, hey, I will not be defiled by the things of this world. And the things of my past, amen, they've been forgotten. They've been destroyed. Amen. I've thrown away the pictures of old flames. I've thrown away the old music. I've deleted. I've burned up the old life. And I'm going forward in Jesus. Because this body, it is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I want him to stay inside of me. I want him holy and pure and clean in the eyes of the Lord. Would you stand with me tonight? Hallelujah. Would you stand with me tonight and all across this house? Why don't we lift up our hands and just talk to the Lord? And I want us here tonight as we close this service, let us purpose in our hearts and minds to mark and to avoid platforms of sin, subscriptions to sin, shows of sin, devices that bring in sin, relationships that bring sin, and any other thing that might pollute our vessels from being pure and used by God. You see, well, most of the content is good, but so it's bad. You know what? If everything was good and just a little bit was bad, I'd delete it. I would say, I don't need to be following that person on Instagram or friends with that person on Facebook or connected on Snapchat or, or whatever it is. I'm going to keep my temple undefiled for the world. Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Turn the music a little bit louder. Let's lift up our voices. Come on, would you help me? Would you lift your voices? Father in heaven, I I pray tonight, God, that you would move in my life. Move, God, in my spirit. Move in my heart. Keep me, God, from the things of this world. Help me to stay undefiled. When sin is at an all-time high on the internet and people look at all sorts of junk during this shutdown and this pandemic and they got more time on their hands than ever. Don't let your body, your temple be defiled by looking like the world, by being connected to the world, by being defiled and polluted and tainted by this world. I'm rising above. I'm letting the Spirit of God lead me. I'm letting God guide me. Come on, 
come on, it's time that the church, amen, mark and avoid, amen, the areas in their life in which pollution comes in. You need to mark and avoid the areas of sin in your life. of this world, by the things of this world, I'm keeping myself pure, amen, no matter who condones it, I'm keeping myself pure, and I'm spotted from the world, oh yes, come on, I need some people to reach out to God, amen, well, maybe you're struggling tonight, maybe you're battling the flesh, maybe you're battling carnality, Just help me. I'm struggling with my flesh. I'm struggling with my carnal nature. God, help me to overcome. Help me, Lord. Mark and avoid the sin, the temptations. If you are in a amen, an illicit relationship, you need to break it tonight. You are connecting, amen, to the people of this world that are influencing you for sin. You need to break the relationship tonight. And you need to run. You ain't got to explain nothing. I'm going to live for Christ. I'm going to live for Christ. Hallelujah. Don't sit there and bargain with the devil. Don't sit there and bargain with your flesh. Honey, run from sin. Get as far away from it as possible. Hallelujah. Come on, I need to hear some more. Lift up your voice. Come on, reach out to him tonight. I want to be that vessel of honor in the hands of the Lord. I want to hear your voice. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Keep me, Lord. God, I don't, I'm not even praying, just keep me, Lord. I want to affect my world for the positive. Lord, don't let us slip and do just a defensive posture of protecting ourselves that we forget it's our responsibility to reach out into the world and affect change. Don't hunker down in a defensive posture. Don't just try to protect yourself from the world. Be a witness. Let God use you. Stretch your face. Stretch yourself. What would happen if I told the person next to me I'm a Christian? What would happen if I invited the church? What would happen if I told them, let me pray for you? What would happen if I simply told the person, I believe God is able to heal your body? I will step out. I will have faith in action. I will live out my faith. Come on, let's take a few more moments and worship Him.